This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Special show today, a full hour of Bulls Beat. There was no way with all that happened just on Saturday, going back to some good stuff from tennis on Friday and previewing the golf season with the spring, which begins today, that we were going to be able to contain it to 30 minutes because we got full highlights and a full preview on the men's basketball side of their big win against North Texas and their huge nationally televised contest against one of the two teams they're tied for first place with Charlotte coming to town. The Bulls have won again seven in a row. They are 13 for their last 14, sitting on 15-5. and five. And taking on Charlotte, the winner will be alone in first place. Now, FAU will play the next day and probably make it a two-way tie, and that's fine. But we know that the winner of the game between South Florida and Charlotte will be in first place. You won't believe the standings on the women's basketball side, and you won't believe some of the highlights that took place in their game. An enormous win, a wild win on Saturday at UAB, the Bulls' second straight. And we will talk about that with full highlights in our second segment. A massive day for track and field, a massive weekend in Boston and in Gainesville. All sorts of wins and school records. And that'll be in our third segment. Yeah, a full hour. We'll devote basically a full show's length in this first half hour to men's basketball. And then women's basketball in the second block. Finally, we'll wrap up with track and field, tennis, and golf. Tennis, both teams were in action over the weekend. And the women's golf team starts its season today well what a game in denton texas and a familiar refrain for the bulls being behind at halftime in conference play amazing that they've come back every single time the one loss even they were down by 10 points in the second half at uab took the lead briefly in that one well in denton texas home of the mean green the team that won the nit last season the bulls found themselves leading early only to give up and you'll hear it a Jordan Davis led 12-0 run and down seven late in the first half, five at halftime. Got the lead back quickly, and it just set the tone for a back-and-forth dramatic slog to the finish. You are going to have a slog-type game if you're going to win against North Texas. Bulls put up 60 points, which is not a lot. It's also exactly what North Texas allows per game. And by the way, that is fourth in the entire country. Houston, incidentally, number one, even giving up a lot to Kansas, still just 54 points a game the Cougars allow, and that's almost four better than second place Virginia. That's why Kansas dropping 43 on the Cougars in the first half, 78-65. What a Saturday of men's action as far as three top 10 matchups went. But yeah, the defense from North Texas is good, and the Bulls, were they to win this game, it was more likely to be a lower-scoring contest. Along those lines, it took a while for the action to pick up in the first half. Bulls missed their first four shots. North Texas missed four of its first five after hitting the first one. Seven minutes in, the score was 7-7. to But then Selton Miguel hit a three-point shot. And then, while Mr. Edwards was getting going on the other side, Kaysen Pryor exited, and Corey Walker had a big imprint in the first half. Bounce pass to Walker. He's going to go to work on Sissoko. He knows about the shot clock. He turns and fires and rolls it in. Corey Walker knew exactly what the shot clock was at, and he beat it. Very impressive athletic play by 
Corey Walker to back his man down and shoot it just in the nick of time. Bulls up now by five, 12 7. Eight minutes gone in this first half. Kobe Knox, who's cutting to the basket, Placer ends up with it. He throws a lob, and there's a fight for it as a foul, and it gets redirected into the basket. Walker, spin move back into the paint. He goes into contact. Up and under move by Corey Walker with a left hand, and he got right in the face of North Texas coach Ross Hodge to tell him about it. I'm telling you what, Corey Walker's athletic ability has been on full display in this game. That was one heck of a spin move to get loose. Down low to Walker. He wants to go to work on Sissoko. Ten on the shot clock, trying to back him down. Drop step, jumps, fires off the window and in. Over that left shoulder, Corey Walker likes the matchup against the bigger body. Yeah, Corey Walker has given Sissoko a lot of problems. He is struggling to keep up with Corey Walker's offense. Corey's got eight in the early going. That was four buckets by Corey Walker, a Chris Youngblood three in the middle. On the other side, a couple threes for Edwards while he was scoring 10. Walker basically nearly matched him with eight. First half, Walker getting all eight of his game's points. The Bulls at the end of the first half had a lot to overcome, and that's what separates this team from recent Bulls teams. In fact, we did not do a show on Friday because we were leaving Memphis so early to get on the plane and head to Birmingham. So we never actually played highlights on Bulls Beat, over the stream anyway, of the men's basketball win against East Carolina. I know it's been five days, but I wanted to use an example from that game and then bring it back to this game. If you want the full highlights, they are on our podcast page, because even though, again, I didn't have time to do the show, I definitely put together a comprehensive highlight reel from last Wednesday, Two in a row on the road, and the Bulls in a tough environment, winning them both. This was the sequence from that game against East Carolina, where what had been a very comfortable Bulls lead was cut to two, and they had an answer. One-handed pass to Selton Miguel, left side to Youngblood, pass inside to Pryor, a lot of contact. He got met up high and came down with it, no call. Picked up by East Carolina. Here's Brandon Johnson, left side pass, Pettiford to the baseline, leaves it inside, Benito with a layup, and East Carolina has cut it to two. ECU on a 7-0 run. Five and a half to go. Chris Youngblood leaves it left wing to Selton Miguel. He's going to launch a long three. Got it! Right on cue, Selton Miguel over Cam Hayes. Bulls needed that one. I put the video of that on our social feed, and I didn't even know at the time. Not just one of the players for East Carolina. Forget the guy that blocked Pryor doing a stare down of Pryor while the ball was heading the other direction. But one of the coaches, one of the assistant coaches got off and stared down Pryor. Maybe Cason Pryor is a guy that rankles the opponent. And after the Bulls had an 11-0 lead, again, this is last Wednesday. If you want to go back to our podcast page, that's Apple Podcast or SoundCloud or Spotify, Amazon Podcast. Just type South Florida Bulls Radio Network. You can get all the highlights, including the 11-0 lead but I just wanted to give you a couple of comps, if you will, here, because not just did Miguel have that three, but it started the Bulls on their own 13-0 run in that game. And in the second half, almost an identical situation. What had been a bigger lead as much as 11 points had been cut to five. Case and Pryor, who was getting dogged by the East Carolina fans. If you go back and listen to the ESPN Plus broadcast, I mean, it was vulgar. It was nasty. It was probably just college kids. But, yeah, let's go ahead and play a couple of how Kaysen had an answer there before we get back to what happened on Saturday. 50-45, to 10-10 to go in this game. Here's Kobe Knox out on the perimeter, right side pass to Selton Miguel. Crosses over. He's going to get to the paint, poked at. It's still loose. He got it back. Dumps it off to Youngblood. Into the corner. Pryor wide open for three. Let's fly. Good! Kaysen Pryor needed that in the worst way. Splashdown, and the Bulls have 
Built their lead back to eight, 53-45. Just his second made field goal of the game. He's got six points and eight rebounds. Here's Hayes. He's going to elevate from 15, take a bad shot, and a rebound number nine by Pryor. Chris Youngblood on the left wing with it. And he beats his man off the dribble all the way to the basket. Pinedo was trailing him and Youngblood with the righty layup on the left side. He's got 18. Just like that, Bulls back up by 10. Felton up and under, reverse layup. Missed it, and Pryor there to clean up the rebound again. Double figures and rebounds. Selton Miguel quickly the other way. He's going all the way to the basket. Bounce pass in the corner to Youngblood. Now to Pryor. He's going to load up a three. Good! Jason Pryor has come alive in Greenville. Nice to have a guy that can put away games like that. And again, in the 71-60 victory, it wasn't just Pryor. Chris Youngblood was sensational. Four of seven on threes. Got that offense going. 20 points and six assists. Pryor and Miguel, 14 points apiece and three other Bulls with seven. Now, back to Saturday. This is definitely a sequence of the game, actually two of them, when it could have gone in a really bad direction. One including Pryor blowing an open dunk, and then, man, oh, man, did he get the momentum back going a little bit at halftime after one particular North Texas player took over. Edwards recognizes, fires over two guys, too strong. Reed gets the rebound, outlets to Cason Pryor. He's all alone and misses the two-handed dunk. He was all alone. All alone. All alone. Rebound, North Texas. Here's Allen. Kicks it out to Edwards. Around a man. Bulls pull his jersey, and he makes the shot. What a turn of events that was. Reed gets it to the trailer. Pryor, left wing pass to Selton Miguel. He will take the three. He will make the three. Selton Miguel, he wants the basketball right now. Selton Miguel, two for three from the field and six points a pair of made three-pointers the Bulls back out to a five-point lead at 24-19 here's Edwards back the other way reverse layup is good boy and a little up and under move for him and he now has 17 and they lead 26-24 Pryor was right there but very careful to not commit a foul and Edwards went to the reverse layup off the left side of the glass and now the crowd starting to get involved with North Texas up 26-24. It's a 7-0 run. They've made three in a row. Pryor puts it on the floor. Spins right away from the basketball. Taken away. Here comes North Texas. Back the other way. Edwards launches a three. Left wing goes. My God, is he on fire. He's as hot as anybody we've seen this season, no question. He is scorching. Jimmy's got 20 points. Yeah. Wow. Edwards who's seeing a manhole up there right now, makes both free throws. He will come out for the last 24 seconds of the first half with 22 points. All right, 24 seconds to go. 31-24, North Texas. This is a 12-0 run. Jaden Reed crosses midcourt. Christian Moore on him. Hands it off to Selton Miguel. Now to Kobe Knox. Nine seconds to go. Reed drives. He throws a lob. Caught by Pryor. And by God, he finished that one. <laughs> yes. He took out some frustration on the rim. He gets a steal. Throws it length of the court. Off the backboard. And the Bulls get the two-handed alley-oop dunk and a steal at the defensive end. It's 31-26. to 26. Boy, it's just one bucket. But what a huge bucket it was there at the end of the half. And that'll give the Bulls some juice. So Edwards, coming off a 31-point game, did that against the Bulls with 22 in the first half. By the way, he is fourth in the conference, averaging 18.2 a game. Yet that dunk did give the Bulls a little momentum. Actually, it became... A 10-0 run. Down by five at the break? That's nothing for this team. 
Brandon Stroud looking for help finds Youngblood he's wide open launches a three on the right wing splash down for Chris Youngblood his second triple of the game great great possession to open the second half the Bulls have cut it to two Edwards his three in the corner misses and rebound by Jaden Reed outlets it to Kobe Knox he's going to go right at Bugs Euro steps around nice. him and the layup is good they were tied at 31 Pryor tried to sell the charge didn't get it the Bulls still got the stop Stroud leaves it for Youngblood right tie three fires good Chris Youngblood right in front of the Bulls bench, and North Texas wants a timeout. Wow. Boy, the Bulls have caught fire coming out of the locker room. Man, they are playing a great start to the second half, three of four from the field. North Texas now 0 of 6. USF has reclaimed the momentum of this game. Seems like nothing for the Bulls to start off a second half like that, and it's great to see. However, the Bulls did not lead by any more than that the rest of the game until the last seven seconds, which you'll hear eventually. On the other hand, North Texas never led by three. That's right. Once Youngblood made that three to start off the second half, neither team led by more than three the rest of the way. The times tied and lead change stat wasn't working on this particular stat service for this game, but it was a bunch. It went back and forth. Very similar, by the way, to the women's game, as you'll hear those highlights in our second block of this special hour-long program. Miguel hit a three-pointer for a 43-40 lead. Jose Placer made his only jumper. Bulls back on top midway point of the second half. But Bulls against that North Texas defense that makes you, most of the time, start off your offense with about 10 seconds on the shot clock, eventually would miss seven straight from the floor. They were down 52-49 as a result. Fortunately, North Texas went a couple minutes without scoring. And this is what they call a callback. Remember what I was saying about overcoming stuff? When you have a chance to make two free throws after a dramatic sequence and miss them both, and the other team has the ball in a three-point lead, that's not a good situation. That's the one that faced the Bulls. You go back and look at so many games in their winning streak, and you might forget similar moments. Everyone knows the Bulls came back from down 20 to beat Memphis, but you might have forgotten there was a sequence where Pryor got called for a bogus foul hustling for a ball. Memphis misses an open three but ends up getting the rebound in a four-point game. So, first of all, the three goes down, game over. Secondly, they go to the line anyway and miss two free throws, and then eventually the Bulls did what they did. Come back against Temple. Remember, they were down nine with about seven minutes to go. Seemed out of it. So the deficit wasn't as large as either of those situations, but it just felt like it was going to be more difficult to grind out, and they did. Here's a medley of the key moments, starting off with one that made it look like it wasn't going to go well for the Bulls. But it ended well. That's called by Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston. Leaves it for Pryor. Sets his feet. Fires from straight on three. Didn't fall. And a rebound by Pryor. He picked it up as it got loose. A lot of contact. No call. <laughs> Underneath Pryor gets it back. Goes to the basket again. Finally the call. Oh, my goodness. My he was assaulted. God. Thank goodness a whistle. I mean, that was a prison yard brawl that Cason Pryor was in. Well, you got to make the free throws. Bulls are 6 of 11 from the line today, but they're perfect in the second half. First free throw, no good. 4.38 left. 52-49, North Texas on top. He's taking all eight now. And missed the second one. Just a gut punch right there to get nothing. Reed gets it over to Youngblood. Drives to the baseline, trying to back his man down. Seven on the shot clock. They fire out to Stroud. Five on the shot clock. He's going to go to the basket. Lefty layup blocked underneath. Got it back. One on the shot clock. He got it to go. Really tenacious. 
two, by Brandon three, Stroud to hang in there. North Texas now up by three, 54-51. Three minutes to go. Pryor gets it off to Stroud. Back to Youngblood. He's open. Fires the three. Good! Whoa. Chris Youngblood, who had missed his last two triples, hits a big one right there to tie the game at 54. 250 to go. Buckle up. Boy, this thing's going to come down to the last possession. You can just feel it. They swing it around. Edwards with five on the shot clock. Jump stops in the paint. He throws up a runner that misses because it's partially blocked by Kobe Knox. And the Bulls recover the loose ball. Kobe Knox did a great job of staying with Edwards. He he ran us a, a marathon to keep up with him in that possession. Ends up getting his hand on the ball. USF comes the other way. Two minutes to go in a tie game. Bulls attacking to our right. Here's Youngblood from 16 feet. He got hit on the jump shot, and he will go to the free throw line and shoot two. Finally, a call against the mean green, and the Bulls will go to the line. First free throws of the game for CY. Six of 13 are the Bulls today. Let's fly with this first one. It's good. Watched him in the shoot-around today in their little free throw drill that they do, and he was money the entire drill. Same end of the floor. Youngblood now with 15 points, easily team high for the Bulls. Second free throw. Front rim, back rim, and in. 19 seconds remaining, 58-55 South Florida leads. North Texas is going to have to go 94 feet here. Edwards has been stuck on 31 for a long time. He's got three makes. He's probably going to be the guy that they want to get the ball to, and he gets it on the inbound. Into the front court he comes. Both teams of the timeout. Edwards goes to the basket into contact with Pryor. Missed the shot. Pryor gets the rebound, gets hit, and there's a foul. Edwards kind of lulling the Bulls to sleep and then went right to the basket and Cason Pryor walled up. Well, you just need one of these here. And the first one, obviously, on the one-and-one, and, one, and he drains it. Swished so, it in. USF, who did not shoot the free throws very well early in the game, are coming up clutch here late. Yeah, 9 of 11 in the second half. Bulls by four with seven seconds to go. Make it five Nice. with 7.2 left. Well, if the North Texas crowd is any indication this game is over, they yeah. are leaving in mass. It, it's a 10-gallon exit right now going on with a lot of cowboy hats headed out of the building. Yep, a lot of cowboy hats and belt buckles heading, heading north or south, as it were. Last shot of the game. Good if it goes. It does not. And the Bulls have come on the road and beaten North Texas 60-55. to 55. This team does it again. Man, Seven consecutive wins. What a show under adversity. The ability to, del to deliver when it was needed down the, down the stretch. The Bulls played great in the last three to four minutes to win this game. In a game that seemed very, very dicey at times, but the Bulls come on the road in a very difficult place to win. Tough place to win indeed, and the Bulls pulled it off with just one player in double figures, actually on the other team too. Of course, it was the guy who had 22 at halftime. Edwards ended up with 31, but even though they had that string where he was hitting some threes, that was really it for the game. They were just 5 for 15 and 1 for 9 in the second half. The Bulls held North Texas to 30% from the floor while they themselves were going above 40% at 10 for 24, four threes in the second half, and 10 of 12 at the free throw line with those clutch shots at the end. Bulls' lone player in double figures was, of course, Chris Youngblood, four for seven on three, 16 points. And you did have four guys between eight and nine with Walker in the first half getting his. Stroud, another 12-rebound game to go with his eight points. Prior, 12 boards and nine points. And again, Selton Miguel, just shy of double figures. Nine points, all from three-point range. He was 0 for 5 on twos. That's a really good defensive team, as we explained, so you'll just take it. Points off turnovers favored North Texas in a strange stat because the Bulls only committed 12 
North Texas just eight points off turnovers that were 15 to two. So that was a little bit of a contention point, but the Bulls overcame it for sure. If you want to hear the full post-game interviews with Amir Abdurrahim and Chris Youngblood, you can catch that on our podcast page. But here, just a little bit of Coach Abdurrahim, and I love a new phrase that seems to have been coined. It's the Charlotte 49ers, two teams who are tied yeah. for first in the American for an ESPN2 showdown at 9 o'clock. Let's do it. Not a bad place to be for a basketball fan Tuesday no night. Du- no doubt about it. You know, we're Tampa Bay's home for hoops. You know, hey, we play an exciting brand of basketball. Charlotte's a, a really good team. And, you know, as I said to the guys, man, look, it's a difference from being the arrow and being the target. You know, when you're the target, everybody's trying to find you. You know, we got to keep going. And who will have their arrow pointed at the Bulls on Tuesday night? The Charlotte 49ers, who are having a similar season. Now, the 49ers did have some success that would lead you to believe they could carry it over to this season. But the preseason poll didn't show that last year. They won the CBI despite going 9-11 and in conference. They were able to put together, obviously, a run and take that tournament. Remember, a few years ago, the Bulls did the same thing, but they did not follow it up. And in this case, their head coach, Ron Sanchez, who had been there five years, and that was by far their best season, left to go back to where he had previously stayed as an assistant at the University of Virginia. So Aaron Fern, who was on the staff for several years, gets elevated to head coach, and he's doing just fine. But Charlotte was actually 500 coming into conference play. Bulls' overall record was starting to improve, but Charlotte was right on 6-6. Six and six. They do have a common opponent with the Bulls, and it also kind of goes into the whole why South Florida's not in the top 100 in the net yet because they had two losses to teams that they call Quadrant 4 teams. They're not ranked in the top 160 and losing to Maine and Central Michigan when the Bulls couldn't hit a three-pointer early in the season is unfortunately something that the computers will not forgive or forget, and it's why the Bulls are just outside the top 100. For that matter, Charlotte's just inside the top 100. Charlotte has gone 7-0 and against what they call Quadrant 4 opponents, including Maine at the beginning of the season, 69-52. They are 10-1 and at home, and their most recent game this weekend, they drew a sellout of 8,200 to Halton Arena, to play one of their rivals, and now a conference rival, East Carolina, where the Bulls have picked up FAU as a rival in all sports. Charlotte and East Carolina are your natural rivals in the AAC. They also, unlike the Bulls, have some Quadrant 1 games. Those are when you play a top 30 team at home, a top 75 team away, or a top 50 team on a neutral floor. Now, they're just 1-3 in in those games, but the one was against FAU. Yeah, It's a three-way tie for first place. Everyone has a loss. The Bulls are to UAB. Charlotte was actually in its opener to SMU. They went to Dallas and got held down 66-54. And by the way, that's a quadrant one game because SMU's in the top 50. They had also lost at Stetson. Their other quadrant one games, if you're interested. They went to Duke and got beat by 24. Played Richmond, which is having a good year, and lost by eight on the road. They also lost to a couple of top 100 teams, UCF at an event in Flagler in overtime, got beat by George Mason in a close one. So they played a pretty good schedule, but again, the bulk of their damage has been done at home, 10-1 and at home. That's where they've beaten FAU along with North Texas and UAB. They also went to Rice and were down 24-4 and came back to win. UAB, they were down 20, came back to win. But recently, a big road win at Tulane, right after the Green Wave had knocked off Memphis, which, by the way, the Bulls started a trend. The Memphis Tigers almost lost a, another one the other day. 
before rallying against Wichita State. But that Charlotte win at Tulane was impressive because they were ahead the whole time. Tulane cut it down to two, and the 49ers salted it away at the free throw line. Tulane was number one in the country at free throw attempts per game at around 28, but now they're only third because they attempted half of that, 14, against Charlotte. Their starting lineup, there's one thing I can guarantee, their starting lineup, because it has been the same and was changed prior to FAU and has been the same during their eight-game winning streak. The guy that's been hot lately is Igor Milicic. Two straight double-doubles went for 22 points in that win against Tulane. And what concerns you is the height factor. Now, he can step back and hit the threes. He leads the team in that category, but he's 6'10", 225. He's also their leading rebounder. Averaging 13 points, 8.5 rebounds a game after last year around 7-4. and four. Deshaun Jackson, transfer from Washington State, didn't play last year due to injury. He goes 6'11", 260, and is averaging 11 points and 5.5 and rebounds. And now let's get to the guy they call Takeover Kai, because he, well, takes over games. The guard, really smooth, cool-looking guy. He's kind of like the Chris Youngblood of Charlotte, averaging 14.5 points, 26-77 on threes. Also can dish out the rock with 56 assists. Takeover Kai, Lukai, that's L-U apostrophe C-Y-E, Patterson. He is really good. And one other player averaging in double figures, Nick Graves. He is a sophomore out of Durham, North Carolina, who just had a total of 36 points last year, so he has really blossomed. And just to round out the starting lineup, the guy that's been dishing the rock out, combo guard Isaiah Folks. He's piled up the assists during their current streak. They bring in a shooter off the bench, Robert Braswell. He's got 21 threes in 58 attempts they're a fun team to watch and it should be a really fun game to watch on tuesday night